Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this. All of My Mochi's fabulous flavors like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings or the midnight munchies. Yeah, you know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you so much for joining us. The fear and panic surrounding coronavirus has reached a new level tonight with a number of new developments. Today, the Dow had its worst one-day point drop, falling nearly 1,200 points. That's more than 4%. This is now the worst week on Wall Street since the financial crisis in 2008. And adding to the concern, a California woman diagnosed with the virus and health officials have no idea where she got it. And also tonight, new concern about the government response as a whistleblower claims federal health employees lack training and protective gear when they interacted with quarantined Americans. And then those federal employees scattered into the general population. We have a team of correspondents covering all aspects of this. Meg Oliver leads us off from Wall Street. Meg. Nora, I've been talking to analysts all day here on Wall Street. Stoking fears was a warning from Goldman Sachs that the virus could slow economic activity across the planet. The coronavirus has infected Wall Street. Markets plunge for the sixth consecutive day today over fears of the virus spreading and halting global growth. The stunning sell-off came as countries like the U.S. and Germany received news today that patients with no obvious exposure to the coronavirus got it anyway, what some are calling a turning point. Why is the selling continuing? Because there is this fear of the unknown. CBS News business analyst Jill Schlesinger says we don't know how long the sell-off will last, but people with 401k should not get out of the market right now. Even if you're going to retire in the next year or two, your money has to last you for 
20, maybe 30 years in the future. So try not to do anything to upset the plan that you have in place. In Washington, the vice president stressed calm after days of criticism. The administration had mishandled the crisis and rattled the markets. Our best estimate uh, is that the, the threat to the American public remains low. Meg Oliver, CBS News, New York. I'm Carter Evans in Sacramento, where health officials are urgently trying to track down everyone who came in contact with the most recent U.S. coronavirus patient. How she became infected is still unknown. This particular case could be the first possible instance of community transmission of COVID-19 in the United States. That means she could just be the first of many infected by someone else in the general population. We now know she first sought care for flu-like symptoms at North Bay Hospital in Vacaville on February 15th. Dozens of workers there are now being monitored for the virus. The hospital is less than 10 miles away from Travis Air Force Base, where passengers from the Diamond Princess are under quarantine. Is there any connection? We have no evidence that there is any connection with those patients and this individual at this time. As her condition deteriorated, doctors inserted a breathing tube and she was on a ventilator when she was transferred to UC Davis Medical Center for specialized treatment last Wednesday. Today, California Governor Gavin Newsom declined to say where the woman had been while she was contagious. The people that have been in contact with this individual have the right to know and in real time they are. California also has an issue with its stockpile of protective masks for medical workers. Many are expired, but the state is seeking permission to use them anyway. Battles against the virus are ramping up around the world across at least 48 countries with infections now on every continent except Antarctica. In Japan, all schools in the country will be closed until late March. And now the Pacific Fleet is ordering all ships leaving high-risk countries to quarantine at sea for 14 days. California is now monitoring roughly 8,400 people who arrived on flights from Asia. There is also an urgent need here for more coronavirus test kits. The state currently only has about 200. The CDC is rushing to send more. Nora. All right, Carter, thank you. There's a lot of fear tonight, so we want to bring in our chief medical correspondent, Dr. John LaPook. You just heard Carter mention yeah. that. What about the test kits? Well, I just got off the phone with the CDC, and they said, yes, there was a problem with the test kits, but they think they've fixed the problem, and they expect it to go out widely, all 50 states in the very near future, maybe as early as the next day or two. Good news there. What are the symptoms of coronavirus? So fever, cough, and especially shortness of breath. That's a big one. So how's that different than the flu? It, it can mimic the flu, right? But the thing about coronavirus, the COVID-19, is that it really attacks the lungs in a very specific way. And that's what gets them into so much problems and why they need the breathing tubes. The shortness of breath. So what can you do to protect yourself? All right, well, some of this is stuff that your mother could have told you. My mother did tell me, right? Which is wash your hands, you know, hopefully for 20 seconds. I know that's tough. Keep those hands under your chin. And then, very important, when you're sick, be responsible. So when you cough, cough into your elbow. Don't cough into your hand and then say, hi, how are you? And then we have to change the corporate culture, right? I have patients who say, you know, I'm feeling sick, but I'm going to take one from the team and I'm going to go to work. You know what? Take one for the team and stay home. My kids call that the Batman when you sneeze, <laughs> do that. What about this shortage of masks? Do masks protect you? All right, well, the thing about the masks is they're really felt to possibly stop the particles from coming out, the droplets, and they might protect somebody else from getting it if you're sick. But the CDC, again, I spoke to them this afternoon, they said they do not routinely recommend them for people. All right, so good to have you here. Great Thank to you. be here. Dr. John LaPook. 
And tonight we're learning more about the five people murdered in that mass shooting at a brewery in Milwaukee. They ranged in age from 33 to 61 years old. The gunman who worked at the Molson Coors plant took his own life. Dean Reynolds now on the search for a motive. Just a short moment of silence. Milwaukee is following the unofficial American post-shooting protocols, the thoughts and prayers, and the sidewalk memorials to salve the wounds that will never heal. I've gotten phone calls from family members who are out of the city or out of the state, you know, saying, how, how is it going in Milwaukee? Today, the police identified the gunman, 51-year-old Anthony Farrell, and the names of his five victims, all co-workers of the man who murdered them. They were powerhouse operators, they were machinists, and they were electricians. But more importantly, they were husbands, they were fathers, and they were friends. The Molson Coors Brewery is closed for the rest of the week. About a thousand workers were there when the shooting started. The gunman reportedly had a long-running dispute with at least one of his co-workers, but neighbor Elizabeth Lapine didn't expect such trouble from the family man across the street. Shocked. Never, never dreamed he would do something like that. The governor today ordered flags flown at half-staff to honor the victims. There have been at least 11 mass killings involving firearms in Wisconsin since 2004. Nora. All right, Dean, thank you. In Houston, nobody expected flooding on a bright, sunny day, but a highway was quickly underwater when a massive pipe burst. Faucets went dry in a big part of the city. And Janet Shamlin reports there were some dramatic water rescues. A massive water main break left parts of Houston looking like it did in the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey. The flooding closing a major freeway that circles the city. Cars and trucks suddenly submerged, drivers climbing atop their vehicles, waiting for rescue. The pipe that broke apart while undergoing repairs was eight feet wide and supplies as much as 50% of the drinking water to the nation's fourth largest city. And just before they, they got to the, to the major portion where it was a gradual leak, the main line burst. Suddenly across Houston, homes, businesses, and the sprawling Texas Medical Center had low water pressure or no water at all. Schools dismissed early, and early voting centers were forced to close. I can't shower, can't cook, can't wash, can't do anything. So this is about as worst as I've ever been out here. First responders used a high water rescue truck, last used during Harvey, to carry drivers to safety. With a major roadway shut down, traffic all over came to a standstill. Hours later, life is still not back to normal. I anticipate that you will probably have to boil water in the city of Houston uh, for the next 24 hours. This road was under several feet of water until just a short time ago. It is receding very quickly. Still, with all the water issues across the city, the Houston School District just announced it would close all of its schools tomorrow. Nora. Wow. All right, Jana, thank you. Outside Philadelphia tonight, police are investigating a horrific crash at a daycare center. Officials in Upper Southampton Township say a BMW smashed into the front of the school as more than a dozen children, three and four years old, were napping. At least four children were taken to the hospital, one with serious injuries. The driver, a woman from Philadelphia, suffered minor injuries. We turn now to the 2020 campaign two days before the South Carolina primary. New polls suggest Joe Biden could score a much-needed win. But now a late attack on Biden from Republicans is drawing his former boss 
President Obama into the fight. Ed O'Keefe reports tonight from Spartanburg, South Carolina. Former Vice President Joe Biden appears on the verge of a win in South Carolina, so most of his opponents are looking ahead. Senator Bernie Sanders, the national frontrunner, marched with supporters in North Carolina. The establishment, in case you haven't noticed, they're getting very nervous. While Michael Bloomberg rallied in Texas. If you want somebody has the resources to beat Trump, that's me. This Super Tuesday, voters from the Redwood Forests of California to the Gulf Stream waters of Alabama will award about one-third of all available delegates. Bloomberg today tried again to raise doubts about Sanders' health. The senator had a heart attack last year and has not released all of his medical records, including key data about his heart health. Bloomberg, who has two stents, provided a detailed doctor's note that says his heart health is normal. For some candidates, the way forward is through the past and the legacy of former President Obama. I was incredibly proud to serve with Barack Obama. We're going to build on Obamacare. Mr. Obama has no plans to endorse a candidate, but his attorneys are calling on South Carolina TV stations to stop airing a Republican super PAC ad that takes comments by the former president out of context to suggest criticism of Biden. A new poll out today found that three in five registered Democrats actually believe the former president has endorsed a candidate, most believing he's supporting Biden or Bloomberg. But as we said, Mr. Obama has no current plans to weigh in. Nora. All right, Ed, on the campaign trail tonight. Thank you, Ed. Tonight, actress Lori Loughlin is fighting back against charges that she and her husband paid a half a million dollar bribe to get their two daughters into USC by posing as athletes. Well, Loughlin's attorneys claim prosecutors tried to withhold evidence that can clear the couple. Prosecutors deny that allegation. Well, today, the judge set a trial date of October 5th. Tonight, a blizzard is burying parts of upstate New York. Heavy lake effect snow and 60 mile per hour gusts are causing whiteout conditions near Buffalo and Syracuse. The storm whipped up a snow NATO. That's a twister with snow. And it also kicked up big waves on Lake Erie. A stretch of Interstate 90 was shut down in Pennsylvania, and some areas could get up to four feet of snow by Saturday morning. Get out your skis. Tonight, a CBS News exclusive, a juror in the Harvey Weinstein trial, explains how he and other members of the jury reached their verdict this week. Weinstein now faces up to 29 years in prison. The juror, Drew, asked us not to share his last name. He sat down today with CBS This Morning's Gail King. The jury convicted on criminal sexual act in the first degree and third degree rape. That's correct. How did you all reach that conclusion? It was our deduction and interpretation of the law, regardless of behaviors before or after an alleged incident, on this day, at this time, in that place. Can you do that? And the answer for the convictions is no, and that's a crime. And it was that simple? You could no, have a there was nothing simple about it. <laughs> nothing simple about it. And, um, but when you were saying the before and after, you said you didn't really take that into account. You really focused on this particular act, on this uh, particular uh, day. A hundred percent. And you can see Gail's full interview tomorrow on CBS This Morning. If you walk to work or the store, you're facing increasing danger from distracted drivers. A new study tonight shows pedestrian deaths hit a 30-year high last year. More than 6,500 people were killed, and that is a 5% increase from the year before. Chris Van Cleve on what's covering this. For the second time this week, 
A child was hit and killed crossing a Brooklyn, New York street. As new research out today finds pedestrian deaths have surged 53 percent. Distracted driving and walking with smartphones are factors, as are drug and alcohol abuse and warming weather bringing more pedestrians outside. 21-year-old Angelina Pinedo was walking to her sister's house in Redondo Beach, California, when she was killed by a hit-and-run driver. My baby sister had the most amazing soul. And I wouldn't be surprised if she would be here telling me to forgive that person. Three-quarters of pedestrian deaths happen at night, most on local roads and away from intersections. The Governor's Highway Safety Association's Russ Martin says drivers and walkers distracted by smartphones is a growing problem. We see drivers driving distracted and uh, when a person's distracted by their phone or some other source of distraction, they're less likely to see a pedestrian. To cut these deadly crashes, the study recommends adding crosswalks and improving lighting. Certainly, if drivers and walkers put their cell phones down more, that would help too. Nora? Really important information. Thank you, Chris. The government of Canada is now refusing to pay for Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's security when they officially step down as full-time royals in a few weeks. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police, the Mounties, have been guarding the couple and their baby Archie, and it's not clear who will pay for their security beginning on April 1st. Music is such an important part of African-American culture. And tonight, as we observe Black History Month, we meet a group on a mission to preserve and revive a rich musical treasure. Here's Janet Shamlian. This Denver choir is unique. The historic songs they sing are called spirituals, created by enslaved African-Americans to express virtue in the face of suffering. The foremost preoccupation of the slave was freedom. Get on board. 86-year-old Alice Raspberry has been in the group, the spirituals project, for a decade. History is so important. I learned spirituals when I was in grade school. are known to have double meaning. They were able to encode these messages within the music such that they could communicate uh, right under the noses of their slave masters. Swing low, sweet chariot. This famous song is believed to represent the hope for freedom. That's third one, and go. Roger Holland directs the multicultural choir. It's important to you that it reaches beyond the African-American community? Absolutely. We, we are a multi-ethnic country. We who believe in freedom. Based at the University of Denver, the choir gives several performances a year, remembering those deprived of freedom and families, but who never lost their soul. Janet Chamley and CBS News, Denver. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, remember the Zamboni driver forced to play goaltender in an NHL game? Well, it looked easy, right? Well, we've got to see what happened when Steve Hartman tried it. That's fun. If you can't watch live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow. Hope you have a good night.
If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.